Welcome to the Physics Central Podcast. I'm Calla Cofield. This week, we're bringing you another podcast from the APS March meeting, but this one is a little different. The March meeting is the largest physics meeting in the world. There are 8,000 attendees, hundreds of sessions. The people here are discussing some of the most cutting-edge physics that's going on in the world today. It really is a thrilling event, one that I look forward to every year. But it is also five solid days of stuffing your brain with new information and meeting new people, and it's a marathon. It's a marathon for your brain. So March meeting veterans will tell you that it is important to take a break at the end of each day, to unwind. And what do you do when you're all jazzed up about physics, but you also need to take a break from the meeting? Well, why not sing some songs about physics? No, really. Today on the podcast, we're talking about the annual physics sing-along. Around 9 p.m. on the third night of the APS March meeting, the convention center is quiet. The talks are over for the day. People have gone back to their hotels. But if you're wandering around at this hour, you might notice some signs hanging up that point you to a conference room in the adjacent hotel. If you follow those signs, you'll find yourself in a room packed with about 200 people. They're all sitting down, drinking beer and eating snacks. They're facing a stage that's set up at the front of the room where a three-piece band looks like they're getting ready to play. And standing on the floor in front of the stage holding a microphone is a man with a thick gray beard and glasses. To anyone who's a regular at the physics sing-along, you know who I'm talking about. This is Walter Smith, and this is the eighth year in a row that he has organized and hosted the annual physics sing-along. Um, but it's the first time that we've ever done it with a live band. So I think you're really going to like it. I'm going to wait until after the first song to introduce the band. So again, if you haven't already, there is sheet music available in the back. The band gives the go-ahead, and the sing-along begins. What you just heard was the tune of the song Louie Louie, made famous by the Kingsmen, but the lyrics had been changed to be about nanoscale science. While there are a few original songs that sneak into the physics sing-along each year, for the most part, the songs are parodies. They take an established song and rewrite the lyrics to be about physics. For example, the jazz standard I Got Rhythm became about funding, lab space, and data. Funding, I got lab space, I got data. 
The Beatles' classic Let It Be is now about complex Z, which is a term that describes the relationship between voltage and current in an AC circuit. And a song that was originally about an illegal substance became about a Nobel Prize winning substance. That is cocaine and graphene, respectively. The last person you heard singing was Eugene Borovikov, the singer and lead guitarist for the band 95 Bluesberry Way. On keyboard, bass, and clarinet was Sergei Yashov, and on drums, Viktor Yakovenko, who is also a professor of physics at the University of Maryland. During the intermission, Yakovenko told me that all three of the current members actually have PhDs, not all in physics, but they all have jobs in science, math, or technology. That said, they are not normally a physics-themed band. The band is actually a Russian rock band. And so we got organized about 10 years ago. So, so Eugene Borovikov, you know, he write, he's a songwriter. So he writes his songs, mostly in Russian, occasionally in English, but mostly in Russian. And so we normally, you know, play his songs. But then Walter Smith, several, some, several years ago, Walter Smith, he started organizing this physics sing-along. And I got the idea that maybe I can bring a band we can join with physics sing-along. Now, normally there is not a full band at the sing-along, and Walter Smith has to make do with what's available. Sometimes he sings solo, of course trying to get the audience to sing along with him, Sometimes he gets a group of backup singers up on stage. Sometimes there's an acoustic guitar or another instrument thrown in. It's whatever people can offer or whatever Smith can round up. Smith says that every year he spends about 80 hours preparing for the sing-along. That includes writing a few new songs, but it's also getting rehearsals organized, getting sheet music printed for the attendees, and sorting out the technical details. And he spends a lot of time advertising. He actually sets up a table at the meeting right near the registration booth so people see him when they arrive. He says there's a lot of young physicists coming to the March meeting who don't know about the sing-along. And I should note that no one is paying Smith to do this. In fact, the only incentive he has is his own interest in putting on this event. I would say that singing physics songs is not Smith's day job, but it kind of is. Smith is a physics professor at Haverford College, and he started writing these songs to help his undergraduate students remember the things they were learning in class. 
And so I was talking with my wife about what could we do that wouldn't absorb too much of the class time. And together we came up with this idea, well, you could do a song. And, man, it just totally transforms the classroom. And I have take, done surveys that show that the students retain more from the entire class. So not just the subject that the sing-along was about, but that entire class period they remember more vividly than the class periods that don't have songs. So I think it's a very effective teaching technique. I only do it about once every two weeks in, in my classes, but I try to do it in all my classes all through the undergraduate curriculum. So when I'm teaching an intro course, it's always kind of fun the first day when I pull out my ukulele and sing a song, and maybe only one quarter of the students expect it, and the rest is like, ooh, that's kind of a nice surprise. So. Here's a clip from a song that Smith wrote with his wife, Marion McKenzie. It's called The Love Song of the Electric Field, and it's about the electric field finding its soulmate, the magnetic field, and it's to the tune of this old Scottish song called Loch Lamond. You said, come along, my friend, we don't need these monopoles, you've my assurance. You took me by the hand, and we jumped up off the land, and at first I was afraid it would pain me. But I looked into your eyes, and it made me realize that your D by DT could sustain me. You said, Let's dance through the cosmos, my lover. We'll leave earthly cues behind, and our destiny will find supported on the wings of each other. Smith says some of the songs that are played at the sing-along are not necessarily played in the classroom. Different songs work in different places. And I should note that not all of the songs that were played at the sing-along and not all of the songs that we've played on the podcast so far were written by Smith and his wife. Actually, anyone can submit a song to the sing-along and anyone is welcome to come perform it. And in fact, what Smith has discovered is that this is not an entirely uncommon hobby for physicists to have. So once my wife and I had written about 20 songs, I thought, gee, I should make these available to other instructors. And so I started looking around on the web because I thought, surely there will be some place central where people have collected songs about physics. And I discovered there are a lot of songs about physics on the web, but there was no one central place for it. So I decided I should do that. So I made this website, physicsongs.org, where I posted our songs and people started to send in their own songs and so I posted those also and then I started getting into the historical side of it because I got these these amazing historical physics songs that were sent in to me um, first the first ones I got were back from the Cavendish Laboratory at Cambridge University in England. So these are songs that were sung in the 1920s and the 1930s at their Christmas celebrations. These ancient, ancient copies of the mimeographs of, of these old songs. And actually the tradition goes back even further than that to at least the days of James Clerk Maxwell, who actually wrote some physics songs himself. Uh, yeah. James Clerk Maxwell is a 19th century physicist who figured out that electricity and magnetism are the same thing. This guy is in the same league as Isaac Newton and Albert Einstein. And he wrote physics parody songs. 
And so once I had this website rolling, I thought, what's the next step? And this seemed like a good opportunity to, to sort of bring physics songs to a wider audience. Everyone who performed at this year's sing-along has performed in the past, but occasionally there are first-timers. One of the veterans who performed this year was Laura Green. She's a professor of physics at the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. Green has been writing physics parody songs for over 20 years. This year, she performed her rendition of the Bob Seger song, Turn the Page. Now, this is a song that's originally about a musician's lonely life on the road. Green made her song about a female physicist traveling to conferences. And when she gets there, she feels isolated and even undermined by some of her male colleagues because of her gender. And then she faces this struggle of trying to prove herself through the talk that she's delivering. After her performance, I talked to Green and asked her why she thought this trend existed of physicists writing parody songs. Um, so, no, physicists do this. Go to Walter Smith's website, Physics Songs, and it's just, it's just what we do it. This is what physicists, one of our things. So you don't think this is weird or anything? No, uh, it's too crazy. No. normal. Absolutely normal. Completely normal. Physicists, physicists are natural philosophers. We're all artists at heart. Physicists are artists and philosophers that apply scientific method. I suppose you could try to argue the case that physics and art have a lot in common, and this is one way that physicists express their creativity. And Smith tried to make that point, but he actually came upon a much simpler explanation. As to why, you know, I think that there is a strong connection between mathematics and music, and of course there's a connection between physics and mathematics, and so many physicists, I think, enjoy music and enjoy, I don't know, physics songs just make people happy. Most of the songs that are performed at the sing-along are fun. They're silly, and a lot of times they're just kind of lame. But one of my favorite songs from the evening was a parody of the song The Joker by the Steve Miller Band. And the parody lyrics are just all about people kind of not getting you because you like physics and math and you're a dork about it. But of course, you don't care because this is what you love. I'm up all night till the 
lot of the parody songs are fun just for their novelty. I mean, it's funny to hear a song originally written about drugs suddenly become a love song about sheets of carbon atoms. And singing these songs with other people who get those references is a really engaging social activity. Not a lot of songs have been written about what it's like to be a physicist. Certainly none that you hear on the radio. And I think everyone needs art that they can relate to. And if that art isn't provided, sometimes you just have to make your own. Even if that art is covering a Madonna song and changing the lyrics to make it about material science. Thank you once again to Walter Smith, Laura Green, and the members of 95 Bluesberry Way. That's all for the Physics Central Podcast. I'm Calla Cofield. As always, you can find more podcasts, our Physics Buzz blog, resources, and so much more at physicscentral.com. Tune in next week for more of the Physics Central Podcast.